Hello and welcome to episode 10 of Insider Investing. This is the day when Russia has finally invaded Ukraine. On this episode, we talk about the origins of this conflict, the impact, and if this is the Lehman moment of 2020s. We also talk about how investors need to react in times like these. Watch out for this very important episode. So today is twenty uh, fourth of February, twenty twenty two, and a big day, an interesting day. A lot of events have come to head. Till yesterday, we were hearing about Russia hacking into or doing a cyber attack on Ukraine, and today we finally see Russian troops invading into uh, Ukraine. While a lot of this has been in the works for some time, this is a truly a very interesting event in uh, geopolitical history. I think many years later we will talk about uh, this day when actually Russia invaded a neighboring country. Now everyone has a different perspective on this. Russia's perspective is obviously, or at least the stated objective is that they are helping a part of Ukraine become independent. They want to go independent, and Russia is just helping it. Uh, Ukraine's point of view is obviously that these are separatists, and uh, this part is integral to uh, Ukraine. And the Western world's view is that this is Russia's act. to prevent nato from expanding and threatening the geopolitical security of uh, that region this is something that i realized only recently is that on one hand we have putin whom we all know has been in power now for 23 years he is a previous kgb spy um, so obviously understands how to play this game really well and on the other hand we have zelensky which is the ukrainian president who is actually a former comedian and this is his first term in power and he's been around for 3 years so not only does putin have an upper hand in terms of power and money etc but in terms of experience and really depth potentially putin uh, is much much stronger i have ever welcome back to insider investing you are also returning this time from kashmir and uh, what have we come back to yeah yeah absolutely hi happy to be back sandeep and uh, similar feelings so as you said everyone has a narrative even for kashmir everyone has a narrative uh pakistan wants to say that they are helping the separatist uh, part of kashmiris believe that they need independence and india believes that it's an integral part obviously we would uh, want to uh, be with india on uh, this narrative but uh, every every country will have its own narrative and uh, these are absolutely interesting times one thing which i have realized and i have been studying about it is uh, after world war 2 the autocratic culture of running a country had dissipated significantly but over last 7 to 10 years again it is starting to rise you have putin in uh, russia you have erdogan in uh, turkey and you have uh, kim jong uh, in uh, north korea so so people uh, believe that autocratic culture uh, will come back and they will solve for all their problems and somehow it is very similar to how it played out in uh, germany of world war 2 where everyone believed that democracy had uh, failed the country and they needed a powerful leader to navigate them through the crisis so that's that's where we are yeah it's interesting remember i think some of it is also being fanned by the social media right i we saw earlier this week uh, trump launch truth social and you know the 
truth and trump in the same sentence uh, is interesting to have it's oxymoronic uh, <laughs> it's oxymoronic but uh, what is what seems to be happening is that even within countries one part of the uh, polity or country is not talking anymore to the other part everyone is in their own echo chambers and some of it is also i think in how social media is created right if i follow a set of people social media will recommend to me content from that set of people or those type of people so that bubble only gets hardened and hardened and yeah. before you know it you're not listening to the other side at all so that amplification of view is constantly happening because you're listening to the same voice again and again Correct. and that's that's the problem because that's how algos work <laughs> to keep you engaged uh, they want you to listen to the same thing that you want to engage with absolutely and you know for me the uh, obvious worrying point is that in this from sitting here in india in mumbai we are comfortable we are in our air conditioned rooms but on the other hand on ground there will there will real people who will suffer in this conflict and for us while and we'll discuss it this is the economic impact the impact on markets on our portfolios and so on in the next 15 20 minutes but what is really going to be worrying is the human impact of this us believes that at least 50000 people will die in case yeah. a war does full fledged war does break out and who knows uh, what long term implications that has on the life of people we saw it in um, in the post world war era especially in the aftermath of the nuclear uh, bombings on uh, on hiroshima nagasaki those generations took a long time to come back from that so yeah. that for me is the real concern and the worry and story of this conflict no absolutely and uh, i believe and i hope that uh, all of us have learned our lessons from hiroshima and nagasaki and uh, any kind of nuclear war uh, will not uh, happen again all the countries with their nuclear weapons have created a deterrent so uh, more in terms of ensuring that other countries don't attack them yeah you know for me uh, and this is an important part that uh, i think mutually assured destruction is is yeah. one uh, aspect of geopolitics which is possibly holding wars back yeah. uh, and if you see the concept of nato nato was built on the concept that if any of nato members is attacked it is an attack on all the nato members which yeah. means that theoretically they also have to jump into action yeah. Yeah. now as of now ukraine is not a member of nato so theoretically nato is not going to be pressed into action automatically yeah but uh, if the uh, crisis spreads to the western parts uh, of ukraine and then into adjacent countries of ukraine which are nato members it can be quite uh, worrying and yeah. potentially then it could be a full scale war but uh, we have let's move to what we think is the near term issues or the problems that this can cause especially explain to our listeners about the impact on energy prices to so energy prices so uh, sandeep india largely depends on uh, middle eastern countries and russia for energies almost 30 to 40% of our energy supply comes from russia in case there is any disruption in that supply energy prices will go through the roof we have already seen uh, crude crossing 100 dollars per barrel in the morning so if that pressure sustains along with that other elements of inflation are also there and all of that can be significantly negative for the markets in short term however some of these are uh, short termish in nature mm-hmm. and once the uh, normalcy resume prices will also normalize 
So investors need to be careful. Uh, on the war, my thesis is, and I believe that it will remain localized, and I hope that it will remain localized. Last 20 to 30 years, we have seen a lot of localized uh, wars. We have seen Israel-Palestine continue for some time. We have seen uh, all the wars in uh, Middle Eastern countries uh, continue. India-Pakistan had its own share of uh, regional conflicts, uh, and so did uh, uh, China and uh, India. So if as long as it remains localized, I don't see too much risk. But the issue is, and as you highlighted, NATO coming into the picture. Mm-hmm. And then them being obligated to react to what Russia is doing. That can create a full-blown war. If we go back in history and look at World War One and World War Two, also, it happened because there were treaties. Mm-hmm. And every country reacted to or responded to those treaties, obligations. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I hope uh, it doesn't play out like that this hmm. time around. No, absolutely. I think uh, that is, is something that we are already like seeing early signs of the of the oil crisis uh, or the energy crisis play out. Uh, India, for the benefit of our users uh, or listeners, uh, imports eighty percent of its energy supply, uh, which means that it puts a pressure on the current account deficit. Current account deficit is the net outflow of uh, currency. Uh, from uh, India and which means that potentially it can cause some pressure on the rupee. Interestingly enough, we still don't see the uh, the rupee weakening dramatically. What however potentially can be an immediate impact is the impact on inflation. Given how much energy contributes to our wholesale price uh, index, uh, it is possible that inflation uh, may continue to rear its head and we have spoken about this very very recently on insider investing. Uh, if you think about it, uh, January inflation, prior to this oil price uh, going up, the WPI, and correct me if I'm wrong, Weber, was around 13%. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's been in double digit for quite some time now. Yeah, and which means that if in February, March, uh, oil prices increase further, there's a potential of inflation reaching the mid-teens uh, also. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it will spill over to consumer price index also. And therefore, consumer inflation will also go up energy uh, contributes uh, directly also and indirectly also mm-hmm. even in the food prices because transportation cost goes up food prices will also go up and that impacts household much more than uh, any other uh, use of energy yeah it's a confusing time for central bankers especially in india also uh, we are seeing a strange thing and we looked at the monetary policy of last week there was no change the rbi continues to maintain a dovish stance which is befuddling a lot of uh, economists uh, yeah. uh, because that can cause serious impact on uh, the currency and potentially and to explain again to our listeners if indian interest rates remain lower and the global interest rates are higher money will settle into where the interest rate is higher which means that uh, there's potentially a withdrawal of dollars that can happen which is something that rbi has not reacted to just yet do you think this uh, inflationary shock can push RBI into acting or will they think about this as short-term thing again? So I think they are taking a view that most of the inflation is because of supply constraint, not because mm. of demand uh, push. Mm. And with that narrative, they are sitting on the sidelines and hoping that eventually inflation will normalize once the supply uh, resumes. But with this, I think RBI will be pushed in the corner and will have to uh, act 
So you've seen similar kind of narrative from uh, Fed also for the longest longest uh, time where they said that inflation is transitory. Hmm. Only in the month of November they admitted that uh, it's it's becoming structural now. Hmm. Uh, and uh, I'm assuming RBI will also come to the same conclusion soon enough. Yeah. Uh, and you know, uh, so we're talking about a time when potentially inflation will rise, interest rates will can also rise. Uh, yeah. If not already, we already see it in the bond markets, where uh, at least on the corporate bond side, uh, interest rates are increasing. We'll talk about how attractive corporate bonds are becoming right now. But coming to the market specifically, one of the data points that you know market analysts track is this concept of VIX, or yeah. as it's called, the volatility index which is an indicator of uh, a potential sort of significant up and down in the market and most likely it's down. India's VIX uh, jumped 30% to almost 31 this morning. Uh, the US VIX is also up. What do you think is, is likely to be the near-term impact of these events in equity markets? See, jump in the VIX is a nightmare for the traders. So I'll explain it uh, to our users. So last 18 to 20 years, volatility of the market has been extremely low and all the traders have gone short on volatility that means they have worked with an assumption that volatility will keep going down and it has gone down significantly and they have benefited because of that if volatility goes up starts to go up these traders will be forced to unwind their position right Mm. and if they are forced to unwind their position your correction will get amplified Mm. because of their action Mm. and uh, uh, it will overstretch into a territory which uh, seems unanticipated at this point. Mm. So incre- any kind of increase in volatility is not great for the short-term traders. However, for long-term investors, volatility is great. You get a uh, great opportunity to buy uh, stocks at the prices at which uh, you uh, want to buy. Obviously, you need to have uh, some sort of uh, expert uh, assistance in deciding which ones to buy. The other thing, uh, just to build on the same point on uh, interest rates. So what we are seeing, Sandeep, and it's very interesting. Uh, I was looking at the data uh, yesterday evening. Nifty has corrected by 6, 6.5% from the peak, right? From the highs of 18,500, uh, uh, we are down to 17,100, 17,200. So which is 6.5%, 7% correction. Some of the high multiple stocks, or stocks where profitability is not there has corrected by 40, 50, 60%. So that's where the big distinction will have to be made by investors. In an interested environment, which is extremely, extremely benign, these stocks can perform well because you can live with higher multiples. Mm. But the moment interest rates start going up, multiples have to compress, and which is what we are seeing playing out in the market. So investors need to be careful about what kind of portfolio construction they do. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, uh, I think we'll talk about specifically about parts of the market and there I agree and you had mentioned this even on our last uh, podcast that especially in the current times when interest rates are rising, there are certain stocks which are highly overvalued. These are stocks where cash flows coming much later uh, or profitability is coming much later. Investors were tolerating that given that interest rate was low. Today, that tolerance for that has gone down dramatically and I think that's potentially an opportunity uh, the other thing uh, Webhav is this whole question of is this a potentially going to be a regional issue or it's going to be a widespread global issue 
if it was a regional issue then we'd potentially argue that this being a buying opportunity if it's a widespread global issue then is there like something for it to be worried about and then uh, not make investments at the current point only time can tell about uh, it sandeep uh, but honestly sitting uh, where we are today i would advise all our investors to go slow on investing and stagger their investments at least uh, uh, wait for next uh, couple of months and over uh, that couple of months period gradually keep investing your positions in the market yeah it's it's difficult because there's so many moving parts in it as i said if nato gets involved then it can uh, uh, convert into a full blown war and which is not healthy for the markets uh, you know interesting thing is that a large part of this is was already in the news right yeah uh, it didn't happen suddenly and if you look at sudden events like i would think 911 was a sudden event yeah uh, it was not something that we were expecting to happen uh, in such a dramatic fashion even then the time to recovery of uh, the markets was uh, i was i was reading earlier today about 31 days yeah. uh, and the fed really kicked into action again at uh, that yeah. point in time so do you think that if a full blown crisis happens uh, then the central banks again will kick into action to prevent uh, a huge uh, hit to global economy and therefore to stocks they don't have any room we we are almost at zero interest rates right that's an interesting so, point so yeah. they don't have any room unlike uh, previous crises where they had significant room this time around they don't have any room hmm. inflation Correct. is getting out of hand and if they intervene more it will get further out of hand yeah. and which impacts uh, the currency in a significant way i don't think they will uh, go very aggressive on that and hope that uh, there is more a short term uh, crisis and which will uh, play out over next uh, 30 to 40 days and will Yeah, get resolved okay. yeah i think that's something to watch out for i think it's a great point that unlike the previous crises and we we love saying this time it's different but uh, unlike the previous crises the issue this time is that the central banks have very limited room to pump in liquidity in, into the markets which then brings me to what should investors really do at a time like this and one thing which we have been consistently talking about is focusing on quality Yeah. uh you know and you and i uh, do this every sunday where we speak to a lot of our new onboarding members who are coming on the platform one of the things that started worrying me especially is this whole thing about margin trading for the last year even like people who have full time other day jobs have ventured into margin trading and then there's this whole multi bagger stock picking thing that is going on you know i look at twitter uh, and the clickbaits are that uh, find out more about rakesh junjunwala's next multi bagger stock and that to me is extremely worrying so yeah. how should investors think if they have positions like those at the current time honestly if you have those kind of positions unwind and uh, uh, migrate to safety see i'll tell you two three interesting points uh, which you asked me about on investing we have been recommending all our investors to have some allocation to real assets hmm. be it gold be it uh, real estate and uh, i had this interaction with with uh, one of the analysts last week and he said why are you recommending gold it has not done anything for last 3 4 years so my response to him was uh, that i am not investing for last 3 4 years i am investing for coming 3 4 years so so i can't look at uh, investing from uh, rear view mirror and say that because this asset class performed well i should invest more or because this asset class didn't perform i should uh, not invest money 
So that's point number one. All the investors need to remember that they are going to invest for their future, not for their past, right? Mm. Second, uh, in terms of uh, uh, the traps, uh, interesting trap which I saw and I've been observing it from the sidelines is uh, the stock called Tata Delhi Maharashtra Services Limited. The stock price went up from 10 rupees to 300 rupees, right? In a span of two years. So that's almost uh, 30 times. It has corrected by 60%. Now it's down to 120 rupees. The unfortunate part is investors invest only after it has seen significant rally because they believe that it will continue to go up. Hmm. And most of the money or capital allocation happens at, uh, so let's say in this case would have happened at 150, 170, 200, 250 rupees, right? Hmm. Because your belief is so strong that stock is going to go up only. And when the downturn starts, you don't have any exit scope because stock hits uh, bottom circuit pretty much on everyday basis. So stay away from these kind of bets. In short term, it looks really glamorous that uh, your portfolio has grown by 5% on daily basis. uh, Hmm. But it can it can uh, cause significant uh, damage to your network, and we've seen it time and again. Uh, we've seen it uh, playing out in two thousand six seven, where bunch of real estate stocks would go up five ten percent on daily basis, and investors will feel happy about it. But eventually, it ends up uh, losing ninety to ninety five percent of its value. So that's that's point number two. Point number three in terms of. Uh, Asset allocation, choose your asset allocation wisely. Don't ignore all the asset classes. Uh, have some allocation to all the asset classes. There is a lot of merit in this old wisdom that diversify your portfolio. And uh, last last point is use some uh, expert help. Mm-hmm. You'll need a lot of emotional support also. People who have seen cycles will be able to guide you much better in this environment versus someone who has not seen the cycle. Hmm. We spoke about a lot of these new investors who have started investing for last couple of years. Hmm. They have not seen any downturn. For them, it is important that uh, they take some uh, expert assistance, use some expert assistance, which will help them well to navigate through this crisis. No, I think this is uh, an important point and you know, which is why simple investments like mutual funds are hugely underrated. Yeah. Think about like on one hand, if for the majority of your portfolio, you have experts taking care of it. Um, and experts are two levels, right? One is asset allocation experts, people like us. And then there are fund managers who are looking at it on a day-to-day basis. At this point, where would you rather as an investor have your money, right? Would you rather have it in your hands where we are doing day jobs full time and have to pick stocks at the same time where handling projects which we have to deliver uh, you know in a day or two and on the other hand then we have to keep looking at our portfolio that's just not viable right so mm-hmm. if we have a two level of expertise one is at the asset allocation level and the other at the fund manager level why would you not want to have that at the current times oh absolutely Sandeep. Uh, uh, i i strongly recommend and uh, both of us have been there in the markets for more than 17 18 years and uh, most of my money is there in mutual funds, despite being very close to the market. And maybe because I'm very close to the market, I know that I need some uh, expert uh, advice in managing my money. Correct. Absolutely. And I think that is uh, something that comes across very clearly in times like these. Our own money is not being managed in direct stock. So you can, uh, I think that's a, that's a great uh, point to make. And lastly, I think uh, what I do genuinely believe above is this long-term thinking is a superpower. Yeah. Uh, it's not easy. It's very easy to get drawn into near-term upsides, having conversations with people in parties and 
people will come and tell you that okay i bought this stock it did so well and then you want to chase that but what really is a is a strength uh, ability of long term investors to ignore the noise and stick through asset allocation simple things is actually hugely underrated and i think that's when people really make uh, capital uh, over a period of time yeah absolutely <laughs> uh you have to choose between the two either you can get excitement or you can get returns so you you can't get both <laughs> yeah and the today this is not we are not getting the right kind of excitement so yeah. uh whenever you alluded to gold and fixed income uh, yeah. i know you have them in the integrated portfolios uh talk more about how you think about that as well as what is happening in the corporate bond space and why potentially there are opportunities piping up there no interesting times sandeep so if you if you remember post 2008 crisis even a bank like hdfc was raising money at 11 and 12% so similar kind of opportunities are available in fixed income also where the gap between uh, equity returns and fixed income return narrows significantly so i strongly recommend that we should look at some of these opportunities today and park some money where you can generate good 10 10 and 11% returns without any volatility and uh, our team is working on uh, bringing some ideas around that so hopefully we'll share some of that with our users soon enough great webup thank you so much uh, we just hope this crisis stays contained people are safe i think that is more important at least for now money will be made uh, and lost in the markets we just hope that the situation remains safe and everyone comes out of this uh, well thank you webup this was an interesting session and we hope to do this again very soon Thanks thanks uh, Sandeep loved having this chat. We hope you enjoyed tuning in today and got some great takeaways. You can listen to the episode on our website or wherever else you listen to your podcast. If you wish to reach out to us, follow Deserve on LinkedIn or you can write to us at social@deserve.in. At